Good morning. Uh, I was going to say I need a volunteer, but I don't really because I teed up uh, Josh to come up the front for us. So just make your way up, mate. Where well, he's awake? He's awake. That's a good start. Make your way out the front. Just a quick, quick little uh, game of charades. If you don't know charades, you can't talk. Yep. You can only use actions. And it's just a single word that you've got to you've got to participate. So hopefully you're awake. Uh, and Josh has got to act out this one word, um, and you've got to guess this word. Let's start. Oh, how easy! It's too easy. Oh, maybe this one's more difficult. Oh, got this down, Pat, haven't we? Looking a bit puzzled. Oh. Oh. Boy. Are you allowed a point in charade? Oh, you can sit down. You can sit down. Oh. You know, I, I, um, I felt a bit like Josh did just now when I gave him that word glory and I, as I sat down to start thinking about God's glory. It was almost overwhelming to try to grasp what is the glory of God and how do I put that into words. The word glory means magnificence or great beauty. Um, I came across another definition from John Piper. Uh, and he puts it this way, the manifestation of God's perfect and holy character. You know a word is sort of hard to grasp when you need to define the words that are in the definition? I've gone the wrong way. Manifestation means a, an event, action or object that reveals something, abstract or theoretical. This morning I want to look at how God has revealed his glory since the very beginning of time through the Old Testament and New Testament and today to you and I. The the glory of God is himself, is how he is revealing himself to, to people, showing people who he is. And to me that is that is mind blowing. Because our God is much more than uh, abstract or, or theoretical. He, he, is, he is spirit, he is our creator of the universe. And he is he is not restricted by time and space like we are. Quite often we want, in circumstances, we don't want to be restricted by time and space. I was about 10 years old. Um, I'd been playing the violin for a few years by then and I was in front of the school in Adelaide, in front of the Wednesday morning assembly, playing a, a song and this little bee came up and sat on my chin and stung me. I had two options. I was able, I could rather keep on playing and get that over and done with. No one would know about it. Or I could stop playing and start crying and be reminded of it from my brothers for the rest of my life. 
Option two is what I took, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, restricted by time and space, I really wanted to get out of that. I didn't want to be in that time and space at that time. If, if you have, uh, if you've ever been to a ballet concert, I've been to many in the last seven years uh, with two daughters. It's fantastic when they're up there dancing. It's just brilliant. Uh, I'll see a few smiles over here. They know all about ballet performances. And when they're dancing, it's perfect. It's such a proud moment. But when they're finished, you have to sit through the rest of the ballet performance. <laughs> you can't escape that space and time. Well, you probably can, but you might get in trouble for it. There are no such constraints on God. He has no beginning and no end. There is no rival to the power and authority of God. And we exist because of him and we exist for him and God wants to reveal himself to his created beings. Wow. Wow. We just read from the Psalms and, you know, there's about 26 references in the Psalms to the glory of God. And if you're looking for a way to start quiet times or something to look at, uh, start with that. Looking at the glory of God in the Psalms and then just start reading over them and studying them. But we just looked at a couple in Psalms 19 and Psalm 8. And it says that the heavens declare the glory of God. And I had those words in my mind when I pulled the blind up this morning and our our dining room window faces the east and the sun was shining in. I could feel its heat. And Genesis 1.16 says God spoke and and the two lights were created, the one for day and a lesser light for night. And I'm not here to know much about the sun, but I know that it is a fierce fireball of gas that just sits in space and blows out heat and light. Approximately 15 million degrees Celsius. We complain about 40 degrees. And God spoke it into existence and it just sits... In, in, in the universe and it declares the power of God. No matter where you go in this universe, Psalm 8 said that God has set, or it could be said given, his glory. Whether the physical or the spiritual, you will see the nature and the character of who God is. Romans 1 says God is clearly seen and understood through creation. Because there there was an event, there, there were objects and there was action that reveals something of God in, in Genesis 1. And it tells us that God is a God of order, that he is powerful, that he loves, that he cares, that he is relational. Genesis 1.26 
God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. The very first humans were created by God in his image. They were created as an expression of his glory, of his character. And they could have fellowship with God. And they could worship God and praise him and adore him. And they were naked, they felt no shame. But that didn't last long, as we know. They sinned. And in Genesis 3, 8, Adam and Eve in the garden after their sin, it says in Genesis 3, 8, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They, they heard God approaching and there was some presence, a manifestation of God a presence of God, uh, it's referred to as the Shekinah glory of God, a, a visible present light that, re, that, it, that is, is visible to humans that would, would know that God is present. And he made his presence known. He revealed himself moving through the garden. And what did Adam and Eve do? in the knowledge of his glory. It says that Adam and Eve hid themselves from his presence. Romans 1.23 talks about the condition of the human heart, not specifically about Adam and Eve, but just about the human heart, that it says they exchanged the glory of God, exchanged the glory of God for images of made to look like mortal man, birds, animals and reptiles. The creator who has revealed himself to his creation for the purpose of being worshipped and honoured and glorified is rejected and exchanged. The created things worship created things. God's glory is rejected Exchange for something else. Exodus, Exodus is a great book. Uh, Exodus talks about the, the Israelites being brought out of Egypt um, and, and Moses leads them out. And they go to the desert at, at Sinai and, and God, God's presence is above the mountain there in a cloud and fire and... and Moses goes to meet with the Lord. You know the story very well. The law is revealed to Moses. Uh, and, and the law is a revelation of who God is. We're not going to look into that this morning. Uh, but uh, the, as Moses is gone, uh, the, the people build the golden calf. And Moses was gone for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, we read not once, but at least twice without food and water. I don't know about you, but I need to have water first thing in the morning when I wake up, generally filtered through freshly ground coffee beans. It usually helps. Uh, and I don't last long without food. Once I get to lunchtime, I'm reasonably grumpy if I've missed breakfast. But I don't want to go on about it, but it just hit me like 40 days. God is our sustainer, isn't he? And what a miracle that is. 
And Moses came down and saw the worship of this golden calf and broke the commandments. And he had to go up for another 40 days and 40 nights. And in Exodus 33:18, Moses said to God, Show me your glory. Show me your glory. And the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. A glimpse is all Moses could handle. God said, you see my face and you will die. A glimpse is what Moses could handle. In Exodus 34:29, just just following on, it says Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets in his hands, and he was not aware, but his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. The face of Moses reflected the glory of the Lord, the time he had spent in the presence of the Lord, and the Israelites were afraid to look at him. But he calls them, he calls them to listen and he places a veil over his face to talk to them. Second um, Corinthians 3 gives us a little bit of context uh, around that, that the, the, the glory of the Lord that was present on the face of Moses was, uh, was something that was, uh, the, sorry, the, the impact, the effect of the glory of the Lord on Moses' face was something that was temporary. It wasn't going to be there for the rest of his life. And so quite possibly Moses was, uh, was concerned that the Israelites might see that fading glory and just give up on, on God and see that as a sign of God's lack of power perhaps. They, they didn't have a great track record. They had just built a golden calf when he was gone and they'd seen the glory of the Lord on the mountain. The glory of God when not recognised as it should be. The glory of God needs to be met with worship, praise and obedience. But God doesn't stop there. God doesn't give up on his people. He goes on to reveal his glory again. The rest of Exodus is about the building of the tabernacle. Uh, a place where God can reside amongst his people. And, uh, and, the, and, and it says there in Exodus 40 that the, the glory of God filled the tabernacle. In, in chapter 40, very end of Exodus, uh, it says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. God who is not bound by time or space, God who is all-powerful and the Creator, revealed himself to his people this way and came into their time and came into their space to be with them. By cloud and by fire he led them. Yet their recognition of his glory is very short-lived, very short-lived. They grumble and moan and complain. 
I hope that doesn't remind us of ourselves. They grumble, moan and complain and fail to give the honour and worship to adore and to obey God. And none of those people, none of that generation who exited out of Egypt, who were at the Mount Sinai, none of those people made it to the Promised Land. God doesn't stop. God doesn't give up on us. God didn't give up back then. Once the nation was settled in the land that God had given them, he has Solomon build a temple. A permanent place for God to dwell among his people. And in 1 Kings 8, verse 10 and 11, it says, When the priests, once the whole thing was built, when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled his temple. The priest withdrew from the holy place and his glory, his presence came into that holy of holies, came into the temple. Yet when you turn to Ezekiel 8 and the vision that Ezekiel receives sometime later doesn't talk about a people who are worshipping God in response to his glory doesn't talk about a people who are obedient to God who adore him it's a terrifying and scary vision that Ezekiel sees about God's presence being withdrawn from the temple in verse 5 of Ezekiel chapter 8, Ezekiel sees an idol at the north entrance. At verse 10, it says, The idols of animals and crawling things had been painted on the walls, and men were all partaking in priestly duties. In verse 14 of Ezekiel 8, women were weeping for Tamas, a Babylonian god or idol. In verse 16, at the inner court of the temple, men had their backs to the temple and they worshipped the sun. Again, God's glory revealed, but they failed to worship and honour and praise him and be obedient. They exchanged the truth of God's glory for images of animals, reptiles and birds. And chapter 10 verse 3 of Ezekiel says that God's glory, the cloud, it filled the inner court. Verse 4, the glory of God filled the temple and the court was full of the radiance of the glory of the Lord. And sadly, God was removing his glory from the temple. And by verse 10, God had removed his presence, his glory, from the temple. But I have good news this morning. God didn't give up on humanity. It wasn't the end of it.
John 1.14. John 1 verse 14, it says this, The Word, that is Jesus Christ, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus came to earth. We celebrate that at Christmas. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. We have seen the glory of Jesus and the connection here in John 1.14 is that it is the same glory as the one and only that is God. Jesus Christ, the physical revelation of God's glory. What we see in Jesus gives us the idea, the picture of who God is. I want to just finish with these really important two verses this morning. In Colossians 1.27 and 2 Corinthians 3.18. We're just going to sing a song in a couple of minutes that the music team are going to lead us through if they want to come up and just be prepared because I'm just going to be two minutes here. Thanks Kat and Pat and Lai. One... Colossians one twenty seven. Colossians one twenty seven says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And two Corinthians three eighteen says, And we with who who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory. And the truth for you and me this morning is that God wants to take the revelation of who he is in Jesus and make it real for you in your life and in mine. Salvation is much more about just forgiveness of sins or being saved from hell to heaven. Salvation is about a transformation in your life from glory to glory that you would become more like Jesus Christ. Do you recognise the glory of God? You know, just in the last four weeks, we have looked at a few things. We've scratched the surface of the character of God. His faithfulness, his love, his mercy, compassion. What's your response to his glory? Do you recognise it? Is your response to praise and worship him? Is your response to adore him? And be obedient to him? You know, when that is your response, when when that is your attitude, it, it is then God will come into your life through the power of the Holy Spirit and he will change you and transform the way you think and the way that you live. I wonder if you think about that this morning as we sing this song that God really spoke to me as we sung it this morning already. Thanks, guys.